Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season three of Broken Vessels Mended in Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, July 2nd, the year of our Lord, 2022. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the word of God. Ladies, let's pray. Our God and our Father, we bow our heads and humble ourselves before your throne of mercy and of grace. As we begin our Bible study, we ask you to join us in the study of your word. Anoint my lips of clay so that your word goes forth in spirit and in truth. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross so that you only are seen and heard in this Bible study. Anoint us with strength and self-care today and always. Bless us with patience and wisdom. Encourage us to choose your way and to behave well. Lord, lift us up for your blessing today. Will you bind the powers of the spirit of darkness so that not one evil deed is met against this ministry or these your people? Bless each person within the sound of my voice and be ye glorified. In Jesus' name, I ask all of these things and give you thanks for answered prayer. Count it as done by faith and in accordance with your word. Amen. Ladies, one of the primary purposes of the Holy Spirit coming into a Christian's life is to change that life. A Christian will never be completely victorious in always demonstrating the fruit of the Holy Spirit. However, one of the main purposes of the Christian life is to progressively allow the Holy Spirit to produce more and more of his fruit in our lives and to allow the Holy Spirit to conquer our opposing sinful nature or desires. For it is the Holy Spirit's job to conform us to the image of Christ, making us more like him. Join me in the leap of faith of trusting God and his word to transform our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our spirit as we take an exciting journey of self-care because self-care equals self-love. To that end, today's episode is titled, The Fruit of the Spirit. Ladies, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the result of the Holy Spirit's presence in in the life of a Christian. The Bible makes it clear that everyone receives the Holy Spirit the moment he or she believes in Jesus Christ. For example, Romans chapter eight, verse nine says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if a man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of this. Since the Holy Spirit is given to every believer when they are born again, every Christian has within themselves a principle higher and more powerful than the flesh. As such, it is a misnomer to divide Christians among the spirit-filled and the non-spirit-filled. 
If a person is not filled with the Holy Spirit, they are not a Christian at all. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into that one Spirit. Here the Apostle Paul is not speaking of water baptism, but of spirit baptism, the immersion that all believers have in the Holy Spirit and in Jesus Christ, which brings them into one body. And because of the fact of the body dynamic, the dividing lines created by the Corinthian Christians, which were strictly artificial, Jew, Greek, slave, free, did not matter anymore as they were all in one body. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed. You are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of all inheritance, or the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. God's sovereign choice work, because it does not exclude human, uh, God's sovereign choice works, because it does not exclude human um, cooperation. The one who were sovereignly chosen were the ones who trusted. They heard the word of truth and they believed. But also essential in God's work is the sealing work of the Holy Spirit. His presence in our lives acts as a seal, which not only indicates ownership, but is also a guarantee of our inheritance. The guarantee or the down payment is used only in the New Testament of the Holy Spirit because he is our only down payment of coming glory. Nothing else is provided or needed. The fruit of the Spirit is the result of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. When we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit fills us and he begins to produce good fruit in us. He begins to work in us, sanctifying us and making us more like Jesus. As we pursue God and follow after him with our whole hearts, the Holy Spirit continues to produce more and more good fruit in us, which means we cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives through our own strength. And if we try to do this with our strength, we will fail miserably. In John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. In other words, apart from Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. 
when Jesus tells believers to consider him as a vine, he is placing emphasis on our connection to him. Bearing fruit is inevitable with abiding. The quality and quantity of the fruit may differ, but the presence of the fruit will be inevitable. The purpose of the branch is to bear fruit, and that fruit represents Christian character. God's work in us and our connection to him should be evident by the fruit we bear and by how much fruit we bear. So what is or are the fruits that a Christian can bear? Well, the New Testament provides several answers to this question. For example, the Bible says that Christian character is a fruit. So for the Christian, our goal in life should be to be Christ-like, which means that every trait within us should conquer the flesh and reflect the character of Jesus Christ and bear fruit that is pleasing to him. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, the Apostle Paul defines the fruit of the Spirit in these nine terms. First, love. Love is the first fruit of the Spirit. And according to William Barclay, in the Greek language, there are four distinct words for love. Eros was the word for romantic or passionate love. Philia was the word for love, we ha- the love we have for um, those near and dear to us, um, be they family or friends. Storge is the word for the love that shows itself in affection and care, especially family affections. But agape love describes a different kind of love. It is a love more of decisions of the mind Uh, than the heart because it chooses to love the undeserving. Agape has to do with the mind. It is not simply an emotion which arises unbidden in our hearts. It is a principle by which we deliberately live. We could say that this is a love of the spirit because it is a fruit of the spirit. It is above and beyond natural affection or the loyalty to family or blood. This is loving people who are not easy to love. It is loving people you do not like. Joy is the second fruit of the spirit. You know, one of the greatest marketing strategies ever employed was to position the kingdom of Satan as the place where the funny is and the kingdom of God as the place where of gloom and misery. But truth be told, the fruit of the spirit is joy. One might say that this is joy of the spirit because it is a higher joy than just the thrill of an exciting experience or a wonderful set of circumstances. It is a joy that can abide and remain even when circumstances seem terrible. Paul knew this joy personally. He could sing when chained or shackled in a dark prison dungeon. Acts 16, 25 says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. 
So although they were arrested, beaten, and imprisoned for doing good, Paul and Silas were filled with joy and sang praises to God, and it seemed as if nothing would make them stop praising God. Peace is the third fruit of the Spirit. This peace is peace with God, peace with people, and it is a positive peace filled with blessing and and, and goodness, not simply the absence of fighting. Philippians 4 verse 7 says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This peace is a peace of the spirit that is a higher peace than that which comes when everything is calm and settled. This is the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. It is freedom from trouble and everything that encompasses our highest good. It is tranquility of heart derived from our awareness that God has us and, in fact, the whole world in the palm of his hands. Long-suffering is the fourth fruit of the Spirit, and it is what enables the believer to bear adversity, injury, and reproach. Long-suffering means that we can have love, joy, and peace even when people and events annoy us. Romans chapter 9 verse 22 says, What if God, willing to show his wrath, and to make his power known, endured with much suffering the vessels of wrath, fitted to destruction. You see, God is not quickly irritated with us. So we should not be quickly irritated with one another. Gentleness is the fifth uh, fruit of the spirit. Contrary to popular belief, gentleness is not timidity or passiveness. Rather, it means not to possess a superior attitude or demand one's rights. Christians must come to understand that the self-assertiveness that is so much a part of 20th century life should not be highly valued. It is far beyond that. It is far better that we curtail our desire to be preeminent and exercise a proper meekness, which is the eighth fruit of the spirit or gentleness, the fifth fruit of the spirit. Goodness is the sixth fruit of the spirit. It is a virtue and holiness in action. Goodness results in a life characterized by deeds motivated by righteousness and a desire to be a blessing. Goodness is a moral characteristic of a spirit-filled person, but we cannot manufacture it on our own. James 1 verse 17 uh, says, every good gift and every perfect gift is far above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. We do not possess true goodness from our own fallen natures, nor from those who would entice us. But every good and every perfect gift comes from God, our Father in heaven. 
Faith is the seventh fruit of the spirit. Biblical faithfulness requires belief in what the Bible says about God, about his existence, his works, and his character. Faith is the result of the spirit working in us, but the spirit is also our seal of faithfulness. He is our witness to God's promise that if we accept the truth about God, he will save us. Faithfulness is steadfastness, constancy, and allegiance. It is carefulness in keeping what we are entrusted with. It is the conviction that the scriptures accurately reflect reality. Hebrews 11 provides a long list of faithful men and women in the Old Testament who trusted God. Abel's understanding of God made his sacrifice real and authentic in Genesis chapter 4. Noah trusted God's word about the coming judgment as well as God's promise to save his family in Genesis chapters 6 through 9. Abraham and Sarah believed against all evidence that they would have a child in Genesis chapter 21 verses 1 through 34. Rahab trusted God to protect her family when the Israelites destroyed Jericho and Joshua chapter 6. And Gideon's mustard seed faith routed an entire army in Judges chapters 6 and 7. Hebrews 11 chapter 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This means that faith or a faithful commitment to who God says he is, is basic to walking with God. Meekness is the eighth fruit of the spirit. Meekness as a characteristic of the fruit of the spirit grows in believers to be humble. Submission to the authority and discipline of the triune God and demonstrating self-control and preferring God's will and good pleasure over our wants, desires, and pleasures. And Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. A person who is meek willfully chooses to submit to God's authority and Jesus' lordship. And that is a person who is moldable, pliable, and teachable. See Proverbs chapter 10, verses 8, and Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, and Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8, for more on that. Such persons recognize God as the potter and the one who can and will shape and mold the person into the image of Jesus himself making him or her into the image of the creator, according to Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Finally, temperance or self-control is the ninth fruit of the spirit. It is the ability to control oneself. It involves moderation, constraint, and the ability to say no to our baser desires and fleshly less. One of the proofs of God's working in our lives is our ability 
to control our own thoughts, words, and actions. It is not that we are naturally weak-willed, but that our fallen nature is under the influence of sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 says, Knowing this, that your old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. In other words, we are each a slave to sin. The old man is the self that is patterned after Adam, that part of us deeply ingrained in rebellion against God and his commands. And speaking of the fruit of the spirit, Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 23, against such there is no law. You see, the system of law is unable to deal with the old man because it can only only tell the old man what the righteous standard of God is. The law tries to reform the old man or the old woman to get him or her to turn over a new leaf. But the system of grace understands that the old you can never be reformed. You must be put to death for the believer, the old self dies with Christ on the cross, but death, the death of the old self happens spiritually when we are identified with Jesus's death at our salvation. The, the, the nine attributes of the fruit of the spirit come together in a Christian's life to reflect the complete picture of the character of Jesus Christ. The fruit of the spirit of the Holy Spirit is in direct contrast with the acts of the sinful nature. Galatians 5 chapter 9 uh, verses 19 through 21 says, now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This passage of scripture describes all people to varying degrees when they do not know Christ and therefore are not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Our sinful flesh produces certain types of fruit that reflect our nature and the Holy Spirit produces types of fruit that reflect the nature of Jesus Christ. Ladies, the Christian life is a battle of the sinful flesh against the new nature given by Christ. As fallen human beings, we are still trapped in a body that desires sinful things. However, as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit producing his fruit in us, and we have the Holy Spirit's power available to us to conquer the acts of our sinful nature. Developing the fruit of the spirit is a lifelong pursuit and process 
There are times when every Christian falls out of step with the Spirit. But the Spirit is faithful and merciful. He lovingly guides his followers back into step with each step taken. The Christian, through God's grace and the Holy Spirit's power, changes, grows, and become, produces more of the fruit that reflects Christ. The fruit of the Spirit are virtues that when our lives are rooted in Christ and watered by faith, grows in us like fruit grows on a tree. These fruits are products of God's grace, not something we earn, but something that God gives to us. Nevertheless, it is worth considering how they spring forth in our lives and the areas where we could use more fruit. This reflection is at the heart of our spiritual life and thus the sort of reflection that fertilizes the soil from which fruit through God's loving kindness will grow. God desires our lives to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit's help with the Holy Spirit help. It is possible. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tithely app at Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Second, at Givelify. You may donate to Broken Vessels, hyphen, Mended and Whole. Or three, you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at P.O. Box 34637 in Los Angeles, California, 90034. Please join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you and everyone you hold near and dear. Amen.